Welcome to our latest message of the week. We hope you enjoy part seven on peace in our series, How to Live a Meaningful Life by our pastor, Renee Molina. So let's get into today's message. Um, today is, is week eight of nine weeks. Um, so next week is our last week of this series that we've been covering about how to live a meaningful life. And um, today I want to talk about joy. I want to talk about joy. And can we just real quick recap the, the week, the, the weeks we've been covering? We were talking about self-control. We were talking about gentleness. Uh, we spoke about faithfulness. Uh, to be honest, a lot of those are really, really good. One of my probably favorite and most relevant ones are the faithfulness, the being reliable. Um, I'm really big on being reliable and and. People that are really close to me know, like, I'm always asking, like, what's your source? Like, what's your source? You know, and I got to tone it down sometimes. And I just got to be like, like, you know, yay, uh, to, not, to not, you know, bring down the atmosphere. But, but um, I'm really, really big on that. Um, and so next one, goodness, uh, kindness, patience, peace. And um, so these are different uh, qualities that bring up, uh, uh, that bring a meaningful life. And actually, I don't know if you know this, but according to some Bible nerds and some Bible scholars, these virtues are ranked. And so we've been actually going from lowest to the highest rank. And next week is the highest rank of these virtues, which is love. And so, um, so these virtues are, are ranked. And, um, and I just wanted to share that a little bit. But, but we've been covering about the signs of what a meaningful life looks like. And so uh, according to God's word, this is what a meaningful life looks like. Something I want to mention too about faithfulness, about it's, it's kind of, it's like faithfulness, integrity, reliability, is that it's impossible to be perfect, but it is possible to be a person of integrity. Does that make sense? And so I really, this is something really, really important to, to understand that it's impossible to be perfect, but it is possible to be a reliable and be a person that has integrity. Does that make sense? And so, because some people are like, well, I can't be perfect. You know, I got some flaws and some holes in me. Well, well, yeah, I get about the perfection, but you can be a person that has integrity and walk in integrity. And so, um, so yeah, this is kind of what, what a meaningful life looks like. And so today is the eighth one, which is joy. And so let's pray and let's jump right into it. God, we just thank you for everything today. We thank you for what you're doing. We thank you for everybody that is here, God. We thank you for the good things that you're doing in our lives. God, thank you because everything good we have in life comes from you. And God, I just ask that you may speak to us today. God, for those that couldn't come because of family stuff, because of graduation season, because of sick season, or because they got the measles. They're one of them that got the measles. God, I just ask that you may just um, uh, speak to them, that your word may just speak to them. And, and God, I just thank you. And let this word just captivate our hearts and our lives. In your name we pray. Amen. So according to a recent study by the Washington Post, burnout is everywhere. I don't know about you, but we've been hearing a lot of people that they're just, they, it's, they're, they're just burning out left and right. They're dropping like flies, you know, like maybe that's a terrible example, but they're just, they're just burning out. 
And according to this recent study, burnout is everywhere. And what the article was saying is that from doctors to moms to to executives to non-executives to employers to employees, every epi- like this is an epidemic. Burnout is everywhere. And what they're saying, what this person says, uh, what this expert says is that burnout has certain symptoms. And can we put those symptoms on the screen? Burnout has certain symptoms. There's three main symptoms that somebody is burning out. And one of them is emotional exhaustion. And it's like, oh, my gosh, you know, oh, I can't just, I, I, I just feel so much right now, you know. I just, there's so much that I'm feeling. Cynicism, everybody's evil, you know. Everyone is out against me. And no one here has good intentions. Everybody, even God, hates me. You know, like that's, that's, what, that's another symptom, cynicism. Cynicism means everybody is out to get you. And then the third one is feeling ineffective. People that just feel like, you know, no one, no one here values me. I, I don't feel efficient. I don't feel effective. I don't feel useful. Like, I don't feel like I'm doing anything here. These are three signs of burnout. And what I want to tell you today is that today, throughout the message, I want to I I share with you that joy is the ultimate medicine for burnout. Joy is the ultimate medicine for bitterness. Joy is the ultimate medicine to be able to live a life that isn't, can we go back to the uh, symptoms, that, uh, that, that won't lead you to emotional exhaustion, that won't lead you to cynicism, that won't lead you to feeling ineffective. Joy is a key quality you must have. And so can you open your Bibles in Galatians chapter 5? I actually forgot to send them uh, on the screen notes, but it's Galatians chapter 5. And if you've been, cover- if you've been with us during the series, um, you kind of know where we're going. Uh, Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. It says, the fruit of uh, Galatians 5, 22. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, that's ours today, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things, there is no law slash religion. What does this scripture say? In other words, it says there's no law that could get you to do these things. In other words, there's no religion that could get you to do these things. You can't be forced to be a peaceful person. You can't be forced. You got to be more good. You know, no, 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 no. What God says is that, All these qualities, they come out naturally when somebody has God living in them. Does that make sense? Religion tells you what to do. Jesus tells you how to be. Does that make sense? And so when Jesus says, this is how you be, this is how you are, he's giving you, these these things are naturally going to come out of you. When God is living in your heart, you don't have to try hard to have self-control. Does that make sense? When God is living in your heart, you don't have to try hard to be a peaceful person. When God is living in you, you don't have to try hard to be a joyful person. You just got to be who God says you are. Does that make sense? And so in this case, you you shouldn't try hard to be a joyful person. It should come out naturally if God is beating inside of your life. And so what is joy? I want to unpack joy a little bit. What is joy? 
Joy is, a, uh, in the Old Testament, joy is an outward expression. It's something, in the Old Testament, it, it's this expression of like, just, like, kind of like when you see somebody like, dang, they got a lot of energy. Like, whoa, they're excited to be here. You know, in the Old Testament, that's what joy means. <laughs> Sometimes Kaylee tells me like, babe, like, we just woke up, like, tone it down, like, what's going on, you know, and I'm just like, man, we're going to take on the day today, you know, and I'm waking up, and that's just the way I am, so in the Old Testament, joy is this outward expression, and what's interesting is that it's not an inward feeling, it's something that you demonstrate, does that make sense, who here are, like, not a morning person, and joyful people, like, they're annoying in the morning, raise your hand, be honest, be honest, Okay, yeah, let it out, let it confess it, confess. Who here is like a morning person and you're just like, yeah, man, let's take on the day. God is with us, yeah, okay, cool, awesome, awesome, okay. Um, in the New Testament, it means intense joy. Joy also means a state of gladness. Joy is not this feeling you're in sometimes. No, joy, according to the Bible, joy is something that you're constantly living in. It's a state that you're in. You guys with me? Tell the person next to you, you need to cheer up a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Also, <laughs> did I just hear something? I'm not sad. <laughs> I'm not sad, man. I'm good. Also, in the Bible, joy... It's, a, it's the joy in the Bible, in Scripture, is a joy that has its foundation in God. Ooh, that's a good one. Because how many know everybody has some type of joy, but it, depend, it depends on certain things? Some people, their joy is founded on money. And you know, they're, when they're in a good mood, it's because they, they got bank, you know, they got paid, you know. So, so their joy depends on their payday. Are you guys with me? Some people, their joy is dependent on pleasure. And when pleasure's there, they're joyful. But when pleasure's not there, they're, they're bitter. And it's like, dang, you know? Now I know where your joy is founded on. Some people, their joy is what? It depends on their job. Some people, their joy depends on, on, on circumstances. But what God says is that your joy to be always there it has to depend on God. Some people, their joy depends on things, and that's why their joy is up and down. One day, they're like in a great mood, you know. One day, they say, man, God, man, my life is for God. I'm so wonderful because God is with me. Oh, my gosh, you know. And they're like so hyped up about life. But then when things get shaken up in their lives, their joy isn't on God. Their joy is on, on things that come and go. You guys with me? And so what God says is that your joy has to depend on God. And God is the anchor that's going to keep you joyful your whole life. There we go. Joy. Joy, according to some scholars. Can you, can you guys help her out? Joy, according to, <laughs> it's okay. It, uh, <laughs> you guys good? <laughs> We're going to cut that out right in the podcast. <laughs> Imagine, <laughs> Junior, you got, you got that right. Um, 
according to certain uh, scholars, joy in the Bible is independent of outward circumstances. There are some people that their joy depends on their health. And whenever their health is bad, they're bad. But true joy, the joy that God wants us to live in, doesn't depend on anything but God. That's where our joy is. Joy is more than just being happy. Happy is something something that comes and goes. Sometimes you feel it, sometimes you you don't. But what God wants us is to have joy more than happiness. Happiness is like, man, I'm having a good day today. Wow, I'm really happy. Joy is like, man, I'm having a pretty bad day today. But you know what? My joy depends on God and not people or circumstances. Joy says whether things are going well or not, I know God is in control. And I know that God always has good things for me. That's joy. Joy is, you know what? I might not have all the money in the world, but I have what is necessary and I have what's enough. Living joyfully is not always being happy. I want want you to listen to this. Being joy is not always being happy. Being joyful is always being confident and being thankful for what God has already done in your life. You guys with me? Joy is being confident and satisfied with what you already have on your plate. That's why poor people, a lot of poor people, they could be joyful even though they don't have a lot of money. That's joy. And there's a lot of rich people who they don't depend, their joy isn't on riches. Their joy depends on on being generous and being able to give to people. That's where their joy is. And I have some some pictures I want to show you that kind of encapsulate joy. Joy is is, is these little kids. Like, this is joy. This, This is an example of joy. And another little example of joy is, I I love this one. That's an example of joy. Can I say, can someone say goals? Oh, okay, wow, hashtag goals. Does that make sense? All the single people are like, must be nice. But do you guys follow me? Like, joy says, you know what? We don't have everything we want. Joy says, you know what? We don't have all the money in the world. Joy, I don't have the latest and greatest things. But you know what? I have the basics, and I'm satisfied with that. Joy says, you know what? I know it could be better, but it could also be worse. I'm confident, and I'm satisfied with what God has done in my life. But are you guys noticing that when joy isn't there, guess what fills it up? Bitterness, anger, resentment. But when a life is full of joy, it's a life that is immune to bitterness, immune to anger. And it's just this solid thing that's in you that doesn't let anything destroy it. If you have a Bible, can you go to um, Nehemiah chapter 8? Nehemiah chapter 8. We read this scripture a a few months ago, Nehemiah chapter 8. And I want to show you this scene. That AC feels really good, by the way. Thank you. Um, Nehemiah chapter 8, verse verse 9. And I want to show you this scene where where, um, uh, these people, they just finished rebuilding the walls, this massive project of their people. They just rebuilt the walls. 
It's pretty much they just built like their security system. Like the walls back in the day was the ultimate security system, right? Um, it was your ultimate protection. It was like it was it was the guards of the city, and they just rebuilt this massive project. They took like months and I think years rebuilding this. And so you could imagine how tired they must be. And there was also a bunch of people criticizing what they were doing. How many have been in that boat before? And they were just having this massive project, right? And so then after they have like this gathering, this celebration, and some of them were exhausted and some of them were depressed. Tell the person next to you, don't be depressed. <laughs> Nehemiah chapter 8, verse 9. So then here it goes. <laughs> I'm not depressed. Imagine. <laughs> then Nehemiah the governor, Ezra the priest, a.k.a. like the pastor, and teacher of the law of God's instruction, and the Levites, who were like the leadership team, who were instructing the people, said to them all, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not be depressed or weep. And for, for all the people had been weeping as they listened to the words of the law. Nehemiah said, go and, say with me, enjoy. enjoy. He said, go and enjoy the best food and the sweetest drinks. And send some to those who have nothing to eat and prepare. This day is sacred to our Lord. Do not, be, do not grieve for the joy of the Lord is your strength. The Levites calmed all the people saying, be still. For this day is holy. Do not grieve. Then all the people went away to eat and drink, to send portions of food, to celebrate with great joy. Because they now understood the words that had been made known to them. Joy. I feel like there's some of you that you're, that's the, like, that's the opposite state you're living in. You're living in like the enemy state of joy. <laughs> Some of you are, are, maybe you feel burnt out. Maybe some of you, you're, you're part of that epidemic. You guys hear about the measles thing going on? That's been crazy. Um, some of you are, are part of the epidemic of burnout. Some of you have been just feeling bitter, and some of you have been feeling anxious. Some of you have been feeling disappointed. But I want to tell you today that God's word says that his joy is going to be your strength. His joy is going to, what's going to, it's, it's going to be what's going to push you forward and going to tell you to not give up and keep pushing and keep pushing. And so I want to tell you how to keep joy. Say with me how to keep joy. Number one, to keep joy, you need alone time with God. You need alone time with God, whether it's on the bus, whether it's in traffic, whether it's at the gym, wherever you, at a, your favorite park, you need to spend alone time with God and you need to process things with him and say things out loud of the stuff that you're dealing with about the people around you. You need to tell them, God, they're the worst people in the world. They're horrible. They're just, uh, you know what I mean? Like, you need to let it out with God. You need to be angry. You need to show, you can't be politically correct with God. The master of joy is Jesus because in spite of the darkest time, he is, it was joy on the other side that kept him strong. Are you guys following me? It's funny because nowadays, like, a bunch of, like, articles are coming out that they're saying billionaires recommend you to spend uh, alone time in meditation in the morning. 
And it's like, that's awesome and all, but it's like God, like, said that thousands of years ago, you know? Like, God was first on that. A lot of the times, and, and, and I'm speaking to myself here, we need to drive quietly to our workplace. Some of us, we need to drive quietly to school. Some of us, you just need to walk around your block and, and just quiet and shh. And let God speak to you. Because, can I tell you something? Getting lost in your own mind is dangerous. When only your thoughts are in there bouncing around, that's dangerous. You need to let them out. Say them out loud. Are you guys with me? Spending alone time with God and getting space from people is what's going to help you flush out all the bitterness that's inside of you. Give me one second, man. Give me one second. So we have to be people that are willing to spend alone time with God to be able to flush out everything that we're struggling, that we're swamped in. What do you what have you been feeling lately? What have you been feeling about that coworker, about that boss of yours? What have you been feeling? I heard someone growl over there. I heard someone growl somewhere. I was like, dang. Well, yeah, you got you to growl with God. You got you to gotta be angry. People that aren't transparent with God haven't read the Bible. The Bible is full of people venting their anger about their enemies to God. Some of, our, some of them, they're like, God, let ravenous wolves eat them and destroy them. But then they're like, but at the end of the day, God, you do whatever you want, you know. But whoo, that felt good. You know what I mean? Some of them are like, God, dash their children against the rocks. Kill them and destroy them. But at the end of the day, God, whoo, man, you do whatever you want to do, you know. Does that make sense? Like we need a vent with God, not with social media. Some of us, like we go the opposite direction. Some of us, we vent with social media first, and then we vent with the right people later. And it's like, you're working backwards. You need to first vent with God, let him have it. Because he could take your big emotions and your big questions. Most people, they can't take your big emotions and your big questions and your big thoughts. There's some people, you share them what you're thinking of, and they're going to be like, um... Let, let me text someone real quick. And they're dialing 911. You know what I mean? Like, like some people, they just, they can't take big emotions. That's why we first need a vent with God. Amen. And that is going to be your first step to joy. Are you guys with me? The second thing you need to do. So first, you need to spend a long time with God. You need that break from people. All that people that's been, all those people that's been making you bitter, you need some space. Maybe on your 10, you need to go alone. Hey, can I go with you? No, no, no. I, I want to go alone right now. You know what I mean? Like, you need, yeah, please. If not, I'll, I'll be terrible with you. You know, like some of us, some of us, you need to sleep more. One of my mentors, he said, sleeping is a moral choice for him. I know, right? He, in other words, he was like, if I don't sleep the amount that I need to sleep, 
I'm going to be very terrible to people the next day. It's a moral choice for me. When I heard that, I was like, dang, like, I want to make sure you get your sleep. Like, you know what I mean? Like, please, please, take all the time you need. The second thing that we need to do, so first we need to spend a long time with God. The second thing we need to do is we need to remember what God says about people. Because if you lock yourself up with what only you say about certain people, you're going to be bitter, like bitter and anxious. <laughs> Some of us, we're just, we, we have these thoughts about certain people. Oh, they're so stubborn. Oh, my gosh, they're like the, the most arrogant people that I know. How many have had thoughts about people like that? I've had thoughts like that. Some of us are like, wow, they're just, they're just so lazy. Or we get certain thoughts like, oh, my gosh, like they're so self-centered and just so full of themselves. Ugh. Like we just have these thoughts that are like in here. But the second thing we need to do for, for joy to take over our lives is we need to remember what God says about people. How many know that the, one of the top, the number one quality of the enemy, the number one quality of Satan is to divide relationships? How many know that some things you think about certain people, that's not you thinking that? That's the enemy putting that in your thoughts. That's why when you have a certain thought about somebody and you express it, you add it with anger, you create destruction. You destroy everybody in front of you. That's why whenever you get mad at somebody, don't go to your messages section. Don't go to the email section. Go to a Word document. <laughs> write it out. But don't send it. Does that make sense? You need to remember what God says about people. Marriages that are represented here, please be careful because certain things you think about your spouse, that's not you thinking about it. That's the enemy putting that in your thoughts, in your thought world. Because did you guys know that literally the word devil means gossiper? That's what it literally means. And so anything to divide relationships, that's the enemy right there. Anything to divide a marriage, that's the enemy right there. Anything to divide siblings, that's the enemy right there. That's why you got to remember. And how many know that joy melts all the plans of the enemy? And so when you have joy in your life, you're like, wow, like, I used to think the worst things about you. But now that I think about it, you're a pretty cool person. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know what, I used to think that you're like the most arrogant person in the world, but now I understand you are awesome. <laughs> There's something that um, uh, marriage experts, all the single people, please listen. Marriage experts. There's this man named John Gottman. He's like the marriage master in the world. And he says, you have to be careful with your private thoughts being casted in stone. What does that mean? That means that you need to be careful with the things you think about certain people becoming permanent. Because he says that, and, and I have it here, what you think about someone often determines how you treat them. So if you think of somebody as constantly lazy, that's how you're going to treat them. 
If you think somebody just constantly arrogant, that's how you're going to treat them. But if you're like, you know what, God, okay, this is what I think of them, and you know what, it feels really good to think about this. But God, what do you say about them? And he's going to be like, are you sure you want to know what I think about them? And he's going to say, I made them in my image. And they're people that have a history of broken hearts, history of disappointment, and that's why they are the way they are. Before you judge somebody, stop and wonder what's their story and why are they that way? Your boss, they probably, that person probably never had someone to train them how to treat people, how to have people skills. It's funny because um, I'm almost done, I promise. Um, I, was, uh, I was doing, there's was, there was a season I did a whole bunch of lift driving. And um, I picked up this guy at, by downtown. In, um, it was, a, it was, a, it was a, an Asian guy. And he, he was, I picked him up at a, at a conference. And I drove him to the valley. Valley people here. Yeah, Valley. Valley. The bowl. The bowl. Anyways, that's, I see it as like a big bowl. Anyways. Um, yeah, sorry. That's so lame. But I, I drove him to the valley and on our, on our way there, he's like, he, he's like one of the people like that's leading like his company and like an executive in the tech world. And he asked me like, what, what, what did you study? Like, what did you get your degree in? And with certain people, I say like different versions of what I study. Because if I tell people that I got an undergrad in pastoral studies, they immediately, like, shut down, right? So I tell them, oh, I got a degree in, like, counseling, you know, and, like, you know, like, people skills kind of thing, right? <laughs> and they're like, oh, wow, really? Tell me more. What, like, what's something you learned? And then he's like, what? Uh, um, and then I told him, I get, I got, I'm getting my master's in ethics. No way. What? Wow, that's crazy, man. And what have you learned? Share with me something you've learned. And I told him, well, you know, I've learned that at the end of the day, you just got to have healthy relationships. And he was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and I was explaining a little bit more. And he was like, dude, we, we need to have more of those. We need to have talks like that in our company. Because we have a whole bunch of, like, executives, and they don't even know how to treat people. They don't even know how to have basic, like, people skills with them. I'm hearing that the, the, the law enforcement has classes on, on that about people skills. And I think that's awesome. And so a lot of the people that we know, like the, our bosses, no one taught them how to have people skills. What's my point? My point is you need to know their background before you judge them and before you put your private thoughts in stone. Like, think about why they, they are the way they are. And the third thing we need to do to have joy, this is really important. This is the last thing, is you need to be sensitive to where God wants to place you. Why? Because there's some of us that are bitter and angry in the place you're in, but God wants you to be somebody that enjoys what they do for a living. If you feel useless at your job or wherever you go, then you need to be sensitive to where God wants you to be to feel useful. Can I get an amen? amen. Some of us are like, I hate my job, man. Why am I here? then you need to start asking God, hey, God, like, you want me to feel useful. Where do you want me to be? And he's going to start showing you, okay, I want you to start aiming your, your compass this direction. Because one of the keys to finding joy, again, is knowing where God wants to place you. Some of you, it's your environment that's killing you. You're a cactus in the rainforest. <laughs> Sorry, this is a funny image for me right now. 
Some of you, you're like a, 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 a forest and you're like a beautiful tree that is used to a whole bunch of rain and you're like in the Mojave Desert. It's like, you're in the wrong place. You need to be in the right place. No wonder you're so bitter. <laughs> no wonder you're so angry. You're, you're not in the right environment. You guys following me? You got to be sensitive. Hey, God, okay, like where I'm at, I'm definitely not feeling this. I'm definitely bitter. I'm definitely just upset where I'm at. Where do you want me to be? Guide me. Send me the people that are going to take me there. And so how to stay and keep joy is one, you, gotta, you need alone time with God. And that means alone time with God away from people. <laughs> Secondly, You need to be sensitive to what God says about people. All right, God, what do you think about them? I kind of know what you're going to say, but I kind of just need to hear it. And you need to be ready because God speaks back. God responds. He's not always going to respond in the way you expect him. He responds in, in a thought. He responds through a friend. That's why you need to be aware of his fingerprints. You need to be aware of where he's at because he speaks to us in ways that we probably don't know or probably ways that we've always wanted to hear him, but we, were never, we never thought God speaks that way. Some of you, you get your answers while you work out, and that's where God wants to speak to you. Some of you, while you're cooking, uh, honestly, like some, some of the places where God speaks to me is kind of w- weird, but I don't know. I, I get a lot of like moments like, oh my gosh, that's, a, that's good, God. It's in the, while I'm showering, like <laughs> some of you thought something else, but I, no, while I'm sh- I just get like, I don't know what it is like in that environment. I don't know what it is, but you need to find the place where God speaks to you and yanks out and cleanses all that bitterness and anger and anxiety you have. Who here, God speaks to you a lot, like, at the gym? Raise your hand. That's awesome. That's awesome. Can I just ask, where, does, where do you feel God speak to you the most? Somebody, anybody want to share? Private place. Private place? Alone. Alone, okay. With, through music, through worship music, yeah. Like, early in the morning. In the morning, five in the morning, wow. Wow. Look at that, early in the morning. Who hears like a late night owl and God speaks to you late at night? I'm in, I'm in there. Yeah, I'm in there. Where else? In the, through movies? Wow, yeah. At work. Through nature. At the beach. Okay, man. God likes to speak to some of you in really nice places. Like, that's awesome. Dreams. At your church service. Yes. Are you guys, are you guys following me like... God just doesn't speak this one way. God has multi-languages. And so I close and I say, joy will be found when you spend alone time with him. When you remember what he says about the people around you. And three, what is it? When you're sensitive to where God wants to place you. I want to speak specifically to those people that feel useless. It's going to sound heavy, but it's that feel useless at work. I want to tell you something. God, God wants you to feel fulfilled. He wants you to feel fulfilled. There's this scripture that is so powerful. And if you feel useless at your workplace, I want to tell you this. There's a scripture that says, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God has prepared in advance for us to do. 
Translation, God wants you to feel fulfilled and do good work wherever you go. Hey guys, it's Pastor Kaylee Molina. On behalf of our church, we want to thank you for listening to this week's message. RLA is a biblical grassroots church located in South Los Angeles. We are a community who is here to restore the hurting, anxious, and those discouraged by religion. We hope to have you back next week.